talking to Todd. I am Dwayne Johnson, as always, joined by Todd Prins. Uh, for the third week in a row, are you still at your undisclosed location? Uh, completely undisclosed. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I've, I'm in the middle. I, I will at least share that I'm in the middle of uh, a fort made completely out of toilet paper. Um, seems to be the the safest thing right now. Lots of cushion two ply. Yeah, well, it's good for sound deadening too. So yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta work on my podcast room. It's on my to do list. We are we're joined this week. Um, I'm not going to say she's a heckler, but <laughs> but we've got an audience. Uh, uh, guest, do you want to introduce yourself? I am not the Rock's wife. Not not the Rock's wife has joined us. Um, I think we said on um, episode two, one of the reasons we were doing this is because our wives had gotten tired of us talking to them. So go talk to each other. And now one of them joined us. So. <laughs> but you'll be in trouble when we both join you. Oh boy, it's only it's only a matter. Well, we got to li- get you to both listen first. So, well, I did listen to the first podcast. We were in the car, and you turned it on, and I couldn't get out because you were going sixty-five miles an hour. And that's our demographic: people who are forced to listen to it and have no choice. It's it's a small group, but we're trying to keep them committed. <laughs> Oh, so Todd, you were in charge of this week's topic. Do you want to give us a preview of what we're talking about? Well, I'll give you a preview, and then we got some follow up from last episode. So, let's actually let's let's tackle the follow up. Okay, Um, just a couple things because I decided, unlike last week, I didn't prepare for the episode, and so what I did is I did my preparation work after the episode. So I'm just going to call it follow up because then it seems like we're really committed to making sure that facts are right. Um. Last uh, last episode, uh, I referred to uh, I, I tied uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Sandberg and Harry Carey together uh, and talked about attending Ryan Sandberg Day, uh, which was his second to last day and the second to last time that Harry Carey uh, broadcast a Cubs game. And I went back and looked, and that was on September twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. That entire WGN broadcast is available on YouTube. I didn't see the express written consent of the Major League Commissioner anywhere, but apparently nobody cares. Um, what I will really? tell you, yeah, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I went right to the end. And um, <clears throat> at the end of it, this isn't really follow up, but this kind of sums up well, the 90s and the Cubs. Um, Steve Stone uh, comes back to the broadcast and and says, when the two worst teams in the National League meet, anything can happen. And once again, the Cubs snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's late September. You've got the two worst teams. Oh, screw it. (laughs) So anyway. um, Is this one of those? This is one of those you can file them under... We play it because the league said we had to. I, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. So you know what? Let's make it Ryan Sandberg Day. So at least thirty eight thousand people will show up. Otherwise, they got no reason. Um, so I did not realize in my post podcast follow up. I did not realize that Harry Carey's last broadcast was also Ryan Sandberg's last game. I had I had I'd either forgotten that or didn't realize it. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't kind of throw that out there, but yeah, um, yes, those two, those two coincided. Um, it was, it was the exact same game. So yeah, um, and then we we took uh, we also we we both picked uh, sports movies uh, characters from sports movies as our favorite uh, as our favorite baseball uh, uh, related person. Um, interestingly enough, the, uh, the athletic, um, came out on Monday, March 30th with their top 100 sports movies of all time. Did you happen to see that list? No, I did not. Okay. So, um, what what do you do when you are a sports, uh, a paid sports website and there's no sports going on? You start writing about movies. Um, they have like three or four different, uh, there's, there's that one. Then there is an entire article on what constitutes a sports movie um, and some others. Um, however, so taking a look at their top 100 sports movies and, and basically, you know, they're just picking them because they got to keep people writing. Uh, and it was voted on by their whole staff. Um, understand we weren't picking best. We were picking favorite. However, your pick came in. Your pick of Bull Durham came in at number four of the greatest sports movies of all time, according to The Athletic. You're kidding me. Number four. Mine was a little lower. Um, Mine came in, Field of Dreams, baseball, Um, came in at 21. (laughs) And it was the fifth baseball movie on the list um bull durham they had major league and at number 10 the sandlot at number 11 the original the original bad news bears at number 19 a league of their own at number 20 and then field of dreams at number 21 so while we said in last week's episode that we're picking favorites, therefore there can be no right or wrong answers. Although Mr. Felderman was very clear that I had a wrong answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> he couldn't believe you put Harry Carey on the list. You under under yeah, but you know the greatest number twenty three of all time in the Chicago. Anyway, never mind. Um, he had he had an empirically wrong decision, but that's fine. But um, hey, you know. While while there were favorites, um, I read this list and I went, uh, Dwayne beat me on our favorite movies based off of this random list. So anyway, congratulations on beating me on the list of favorites, I guess. (laughs) You know, a list of favorite movies is just based on how quotable it is. And Major League is very quotable. Mary, Major I mean, League very, very quotable. Rose goes oh, in the front. The League of Their Own is very quotable. There's but no crying in baseball. In in our house, about every third saying is from Bull Durham. So, yeah, which is it's 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 amazing. Dwayne still gets to hang out in the house. Uh, <laughs> most days, that's yeah, why most. we're on a golf course. I can send him out to the golf course. It, it was 28 and ice here today. So I. You only know, got in seven? So. <laughs> Eight? Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. I got Hey, excuse me. Can I play through? All right. Um, is that, is that 
Yeah, yeah today's ahead. topic. Today's yeah. topic. Today's topic. So, um, based on based on current world events um, that that we're desperately trying not to talk about, um, it is it is becoming clear that one of the ways that uh, sports may uh, resume whenever that is allowed is I think every league is looking at um, when they resume that maybe they're going to have to uh, resume without any fans in the, in the stadium. Um, Now this is, this is not an unknown thing in, um, in international um, international football, or as we would call it soccer, um, that's actually a, a punishment that leagues um, leagues dole out on a semi-regular basis for clubs or fan bases that um, that act up. They have to play, as they say, it behind closed doors. Um, but that's not something we're really used to here in the in the United States. So I was I was sitting one night thinking, boy, you know, some of these sports could actually be better without fans. Um, so what I, what the, the challenge I threw out was, uh, for, for us to come up with a list and what we're going to, we, I, I came up with a list of, um, eight and then nine, um, quote unquote major sports in the U S and talk about from the sport that we think would be either least impacted and, or most improved by not having fans at number one, and then going all the way down to the sport that would be most impacted or would lose the most by not having fans. So the fun part about this is we didn't even talk about what the eight or nine sports are. I just said, pick nine. And the only thing I said was let's separate NFL and college football. Um, because while they're both professional football, they do have a uh, sort of different, uh, different dynamics to them. So that is, that is our task is, uh, what what sports uh, starting off? Uh, what's what's going to be what's going to be fine without fans, and what's going to be most impacted by fans? And, our, well, and, and the reason the reason Amy is on here is because she looked over my shoulder at my list and went, "Seriously, you're going with that?" <laughs> no, just for clarification, are yeah. we talking about um, are we talking about this from the perspective of the players? Are we talking about this from the perspective of the viewer from home who's watching said sports event without fans? Um, any and all. Um, my general thought is, uh, to be completely honest, I care a little less about what the players feel. Um, only, only in as much as as a viewer on TV, if if the players are impacted by lack of fans, then it's going to make it a much worse sport to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly from, generally speaking, my, yeah, selfish. It's from my perspective, okay, um, and how I think it would affect the overall product. Okay, okay, okay. okay. All right, so. Dwayne, I'm gonna. So we both have separate lists. Uh, we're gonna see how this goes. Uh, Dwayne, what do, what do you have at your at your number one sport that would be least affected by not having fans in attendance? NASCAR. Mm, okay. Go go fast. Turn left. I mean, there isn't. I mean, yes, there's fans, and yes, there there. I mean, there's huge audiences, and I mean, you don't get the fan engagement. You in terms of you know, walking through the pit or the autograph sessions or, but in terms of the broadcast and the event itself, 
you get in the car, you go, right? You pit, you go some more. You turn left, you cheer at the end. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see any change in NASCAR, good, bad, or indifferent. I think there's zero effect on NASCAR. That's my number one. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna interject and then I'm uh, I'm gonna get then we're gonna we're gonna move on to Amy to see how uh, how she wants to uh, if she wants to use her I disagree card because um, she's I got will... nine of them yeah. <laughs> she's got she's got eighteen dude um, <laughs> um I I listed I listed I listed auto racing in general um, okay but. Um, interestingly enough, I, I had auto racing as number three. I placed two sports above it. So, uh, I don't, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, but I think there's two sports that are more worthy and we'll get to, uh, I'll, I'll get to mine in a minute, but we'll, Amy, would you like to interject with his number one, uh, number one choice Amy. of auto racing? Well, I think from the driver's perspective, I agree with Dwayne, but I think from a fan's perspective, and this is where I'm going to say we we will not be disclosing our location because I don't want any angry NASCAR fans coming to my door. Um, but I you think, think you think NASCAR fans listen to this podcast? <laughs> well, technically, if, if well, they do, if they do, let us know because we got to sell some sponsorships. Yay! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast, this podcast brought to you by, you know, insert sponsor here. So are you, uh, okay. So you're, you're, you wouldn't put that as your number one. No, probably not. Yeah. Not, from, right. not from a spectator standpoint, because I think the, the fans add to at least the amusement part of NASCAR. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, but I, I'm, I'm specifically focused on NASCAR. When you get into some of the other racing leagues, then I, I think I would probably agree with Dwayne, um, but NASCAR adds its own colorful sideshow. Okay. Yeah. Didn't take that. You know, and I, I kind of, lo- I've, I've kind of got, you know, three tiers of these one, two, and three are, pr- are pretty similar and four five and six are pretty similar and seven, eight, and nine, you know, it, it, they kind of fell into tiers for me, but okay. So what are the two that you've got that are ahead of NASCAR? So, <clears throat> There are two sports which I would make an argument, um, especially one of them, but I would say two of them. There are two sports that I would say actively hate fans at their events (laughs) to the point where at least one of them hires people to tell the audience to shut up. And another one where it is the head referee's job to remind the audience that nobody should hear them. So in number one is golf. There are literally people that are paid to raise up their hands and say, keep it down. If you took, if you took fans away from golf, you would also not have caddies going into the stands to grab cameras from people and chuck them into ponds. Um, golfers complain about fans all the time. They Golfers can't handle a click of a camera in their backswing. And there are golfers that complain that the reason why they didn't beat Tiger Woods is because fans made somebody opened up a wrapper of a candy while they were getting ready to line up a putt. 
Um, so we're going to do them a favor and we're just going to get rid of all the fans. We're going to get rid of all the noises. Um, they don't want them there. I mean, they want the money, but they don't want the fans there. Um, you're going to miss out on the get in the hole every time somebody uh, tees off, which is so incorrect. But um, you get you get rid of the fans in golf. And in theory, the, the golfers and everybody should be happier. And it takes one excuse away from them. I completely agree with you on that. I am so sick of watching golf and listening to some of these fans yell, get in the hole! And it's like you have no power over that little white ball. <laughs> so I agree with you, but with one caveat, and I will not spoil it because I have seen Dwayne's list, so we'll leave that table till he gets to it. Well, so here's the, the problem that I've got. I mean, there, so there, there's a couple of things because I've golfed twice now that um, we've instituted these social distancing measures, um, and so and they have. Woods. I was going to say so, I've been I've been practicing social distancing playing golf since I took it up. I, <laughs> I'm I'm nowhere near anybody or the course or like I never get in, I never get with six feet. Are you kidding? I sometimes I'm not within six holes of my playing partner. That, see, that's not true. When you're in the wrong fairway, you're next to people. Oh, good point. Coming the other way. Or, That's or right. When when the old lady whose house you just hit with the ball comes running out to scream at you, then yeah, it's true. Also, yeah, yeah, but I'm keeping my distance from there from her. <laughs> yeah, we've never that? moved so fast on a golf course after he hit that house. Oh my Ooh. word! You know, if they didn't want, if they didn't want, they shouldn't have built their house next to a golf Cor- course. If they the didn't, court- want, didn't want any. The course was there first. The course was there a long time before the house was. So, but one of the things they've done on our course is they've left the cups two inches above the hole, right? So the ball doesn't actually go into the hole. So you're not, you're not touching the flagstick. You're not lifting it out. You're not reaching into the cup to retrieve your ball or or any of that. So if you hit the cup, you consider it hold. Now I will. You're playing long distance croquet. Yes, to some okay. extent. All right. Um, it has improved my scores, I will say. <laughs> um, but so, first but, I'm hearing about this. Right. So, but but that's just scoring. So, I, I if they implement those rules, I think scoring will obviously go down because these guys are so so good. Right. The the lip outs, the the chip ins that may or may not, you know, in their their. You know they're considered automatically hold, so there's that. So I think scores would be affected, um, but these guys are so good anyway. The, I think the bigger effect, if there's nobody else on the course except for the players, I think you're going to have way more lost balls. And I would I've said this for a long time. If I you know as far off the course as I hit the ball, if I were doing this at a tournament. I mean, there's people everywhere. They never lose their golf ball because there's so many eyes on it, right? And they know exactly where it went. And, you know, if I were, you know, hitting it off into the woods, I never find that. But because there's people all over the course, I so I think that's the other impact that there would be if there aren't people on the course. So you're, but, you're, saying, you're saying that the other impact is the lack of impact of the ball hitting people in the yes. stands. Yes. <laughs> and yes. figuring out lack where the of, ball went. Yes. And, and, lack of, yes. 
just to be clear here, are you telling me that the top golfers in the world need a gallery of fans so they can find their ball? That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, no, have you, have you it, not seen where some of these guys hit the ball and they'll hit and they, and the courses are set up so difficult. Don't get me wrong, but they are. And the, the rough is three inches, four inches tall. And the ball goes in there. You won't find it because there's nobody around, but because the galleries are there and they know exactly where the ball is because they're, 300 yards. I mean, they're 300 yards off of the tee box. Those guys are never going to find that ball unless there's a gallery if they're not in the fairway. And don't get me wrong. Most of the time they are, but when they aren't, they will not find it. But I, I, I think if one, I think with the camera setup that some of these stations have, some of these camera men are pretty good about following the ball. Sure. But two, if you were give, if you give Tiger Woods the choice, you have to take a couple extra strokes because you don't have a gallery full of people to help you find a ball that you may have errantly hit or you don't or have move a, a boulder or move a, a boulder. I, I, I'll bet, I'll bet money. He says, yeah, I'll golf without the gallery. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> hit, hit, hit it in the fairway, dude. And that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so okay. all right, so I see that. All right, let me move on to number two though, because now this is this is a similar, but you shouldn't be hitting any of the fans here now. Okay. Yes. So so golf literally pays marshals to hold up their hands to say quiet or whatever. If you move on to the other one that really seems to hate spectators, um, golfers can't stand a noise when they're in their backswing, and tennis pros can't cannot abide you you throw the ball up in the air to serve it and somebody <coughs> boom let the ball drop he's, he's pointing at the guy and the chair's like remember to be quiet or whatever right so uh, you you pack in you pack in fifteen thousand people into center court and then you say by the way everybody you need to be quieter than at an orchestra so get get rid of they they don't want the fans making noise right um, and you shouldn't be hitting any of them. You should be able to find the tennis ball if you hit it. I mean, if you hit it in the stands in tennis, you, you, you probably shouldn't be on the pro uh, circuit. <laughs> um, and it's big and yellow. Like, it's fuzzy. You should, it's up there. Um, so I, I put golf as number one, and then tennis as number two, as the two that literally would prefer that fans not. They want the fans' money, but they don't want the fans themselves. I, I, had, I had tennis as three... Um, and then in the first rule break of the day, um, I had track and field as 3A, right? Because most of the time they're operating with hardly any fans around anyway. But I, that's what I wrote for tennis was, I mean, the fans are already quiet. How are they going to know whether they're there or not? I, I, I'm a hundred percent with you there. That's those, those three, regardless of one, two or three in our order. Yeah. So I think that first tier of, um, of sports, you know, we, yep. We, we hit the same three there. Okay. I would All agree. Right. I would agree with you on tennis. Um, actually, and if I had made a list, which I did not, I would have put tennis first. Um, having been a soccer mom for the good majority of my son's life, who then, immediately took a right turn and went to tennis as a sophomore in high school. From a fan perspective, going from soccer to tennis, 
Oh my God. Let's just say that uh, this mom had to sit on her hands and bite her lip through the first part of the tennis season his sophomore year. And you both know me well enough to know that me being quiet during a sports event, not not an easy thing. This was very difficult for my wife. Very, very difficult. (laughs) She got it done. Tennis would be on the top of my list. (laughs) (laughs) Because tennis, you know what you did. So you you just get to be on number one. All right. Well, and everybody else is quiet. So when she yells and everybody, you know who the, you know, you, yes, you know. (laughs) All right. So we, we figured out the first, the the first tier more or less. We've, we've got, we've got some golf, tennis, auto racing. Dwayne put track and field in, I I said major league sports and he put in track and field. I, do you? (laughs) Do you live in Luxembourg? Like, I don't, anyway, that's fine. No, never mind. That's cool. I, this is, I was interested to see what list we came up with. Uh, let's just put it that right? way. Okay. Well, that's why I went three and three A because it's, you know, not real, but yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think we're moving into the second into, again, you're right. I came up with, I came up with tiers as well, but uh, they were, my second tier was a little broader. Okay. Um, so this, this is, this is where we get to be kind of interesting. Cause again, uh, there, there's fans don't make a huge difference in auto racing. Nobody can hear the fans. So um, now we're getting into, okay, I think now we're getting into like sort of mainstream sports. And in number four, I put in baseball. I think, I think if you take away fans from baseball, it doesn't make that big of difference. And I think Miami and the Tampa Bay Rays have proven that empirically for years, for years, that, years. You, that you don't need fans attending Major League Baseball games. <laughs> Who do you play the organ for if there aren't fans? <clears throat> right. Good. Good point. Uh, but no, you have to play the organ because the people at home want to hear the organ. It's on the broadcast. It's on the okay. So. But- that I had baseball as four as well. Baseball was my number four. Regular season games, virtually no impact. So I, I looked up because I started doing some research here. Do, do, do you have any idea? I'm sorry, that's not allowed. <laughs> do you do you have any idea of how many fans the Marlins averaged last year? More than four. It was more than four. I'm going to go with more than four. Okay, Amy. Right. Amy? Um, two thousand. Okay, all right. Well, this this now seems like an incredibly huge number. Um, well, I, I'm assuming this is paid attendance. So average uh, paid attendance, let's say eighteen eighteen thousand. Miami, ten thousand. Yeah. No kidding. Ten thousand. Tampa averaged fourteen thousand five hundred and fifty two. Baltimore sixteen thousand. They were awful. They they were were terrible. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which tells you there's probably not a lot to do in Baltimore because uh, sixteen thousand people showed up to these games. Um, Your Kansas City Royals averaged eighteen thousand, and the Detroit Tigers were ahead of them by like six people. So they averaged about eighteen thousand. So yes, I I mean I think from a regular season standpoint. 
you, you get rid of the fans in baseball again. Postseason's different, but um, you, you get rid of the, it. It doesn't. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, it would be weird. On the other hand, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot more of the chatter on the field. <laughs> You're going to want to you're going to, you're going to want to put those field mics on a 7 second delay is what you're going to want to do. Absolutely. Well, and if they eventually go to the point where the catcher and the the pitcher have some sort of communication device, you know, you're going to hear everything. Somebody bang for me. <laughs> I mean, if somebody's banging on garbage cans in an empty stadium, you're going to know about it. But, you know, yeah. Oh, go ahead. We, but so, for example, how big are the stadiums in Miami and Tampa and Baltimore? Capacity with standing room. <laughs> That's cute. Um, <laughs> but we can really pack them in. Um, their capacity is thirty six thousand seven hundred and forty two. So is that with or without tarps over some of the seats? Uh, I don't, I, I think that is, I think that's full capacity of, cause they, they, they made it, they made it a much smaller stadium because they knew they weren't going to be drawn in the fans. Um, so it's 36,742 for baseball. Right. So basically every fan could have two seats between them. Ooh, social distancing. Social day there. See, they can yeah. still play. It's great to it's great to see that our fans are practicing social distancing. Nope, that's just the regular crowd. Oh dear, Bob, that's oh, dear. <laughs> that's, that's not going to make Jeter happy. Having married into a Royals family and early in our relationship, going to Royals games with Dwayne, um, where you decide to get up in the morning, drive to Kansas City, buy the ticket, end up three rows behind home plate, and have no lines for the bathroom. No lines for the concession stand. You know, that's not a bad thing. It's actually one of more more enjoyable baseball games when I'm not watching the Cubs because I didn't have to wait for anything. Put your major major league team in a major league park with a minor league crowd, and things are good. Things are good. Well, I mean, especially for the women because we always have to wait in line to go to the bathroom. Well, what's what's my what's my old joke? Called up the Royals, said, "What time does the game start?" They said, "I don't know. What time can you be here?" All right, solid joke. Yeah, not wrong. Um, okay, <laughs> um, okay. So, so baseball's locked in at number four. Yep. Oh, see. Okay, so uh, I went with number four. Uh, what do you have at number five? I had, I had MLS, and then Todd needs to talk here. It's the only thing that I wrote. He clearly doesn't watch a lot of soccer. I I don't watch a lot of soccer, but. I put it at five, right smack in the middle, because I know nothing about it. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. <laughs> Lay it down. That's why. <laughs> so I actually, um, I, it, it pained me. I, I have MLS at six, but at five, See? but there's a reason. At five, I have the NBA, and there's a specific reason. So. The reason I put the NBA can do without fans more than MLS is, and admittedly, um, so you know, I used to live in a in an NBA town. I had a mini season pa- ticket package one year. Went to some games. Um, fine. Um, 
most of the, and this has been a couple of years since I've gone to an NBA game, but it feels to me like the in-stadium experience for NBA, most of it is directed towards the breaks and the action. <laughs> the, the, they, they've got the music and the dancing and the dogs and the frisbees and all of this kind of stuff because uh, when when the action's not great on the on the court, um, uh, we got to keep you entertained some other way. And while you can get some crowd, I know, I know LeBron said he wouldn't play without the fans there, but you know, at 30 million a year, I, you know, you'll, you'll play when the check clears, I'm assuming. Um, I, I think that you could get, if you took the crowd out of the NBA, I don't think that it would appreciable, appreciably change the product on the court. Um, as, as much as it would MLS, which we can talk about in a second. So, um, that's that's why I put it there. Now let me let me I'll throw it the MLS and then we can kind of debate these two uh, or whichever ones we need to. So um, yep, I was a season ticket holder for an MLS team for four years. Um, and what's really interesting about um, about soccer football culture is the engagement with the fans in the match the entire game, um, the singing, the chanting, the songs. Um, the it it provides an atmosphere that is the atmosphere of fans in soccer is much more I don't want to say it this way it feels much more engaged than fans in let's say the NBA or baseball fans in the NBA or baseball they'll cheer when good things happen they'll groan when bad things aren't but if nothing's going on eh, it might be quiet Whereas um, in in soccer in 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 that and, and some U.S. teams are better than others. If you think European, the there is this level of engagement the entire match that I do think because there's no break in actions. I think players do feed off of. Um, I think um, I think it would affect. I think it would affect players playing behind. Well, we know. Um, because soccer does play behind closed doors in Europe, and teams who have done that have said it, it's incredibly difficult to play um, because it feels much more like you're on the training ground. So I would put the NBA 5 and MLS 6. Dwayne, do you need more convincing? Um, I think if we separated college basketball from NBA basketball, I don't have a problem with putting NBA basketball in this middle tier of of four five six right wait, wait, um you didn't separate college basketball from nba basketball i just put basketball oh well that was your first mistake yeah i just put nba and i skipped college basketball completely there is um, a really really long list of my <laughs> mistakes i don't that's, a, that's an entirely different podcast i'm sorry if if I'd have prepared differently if I knew that was going to be the topic. <laughs> well, Dwayne's mistakes. Well, there's it, your problem. <laughs> well, there. Well, there's your first problem. So the, the, there's there is a big, in my opinion, there's a big difference between the NBA and college basketball. So, and I agree with Todd. I don't think the fans care. You know, in my mind, and again, I'm probably going to insult some people, but hey, you know me, I'm not above that. Um, is that the NBA is just one step removed from the world wrestling entertainment. I mean, so we're even calling it a sport is being generous, I think. 
All right, welcome to Hot Takes Today with Amy. <laughs> so, does it really matter? Does it really matter? <laughs> well, when was the last when was the last NBA game you've been to, Amy? Uh, the Michael Jordan game when he after he came back post retirement and had a triple double. That was twenty years ago. Had to be because it was before Lucas was born. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. But the NBA is so different now from then. I mean, we watched we wa- we've watched on TV some of this '96 Bulls run championship games, right? And they called traveling back then. I mean, I I went to a Hornets game last year. The entire the entire experience when the ball is in play, there's music pumped. At 115 decibels, it was not, it wasn't enjoyable for me. To, you don't go to that game to watch the basketball because it's all about one-on-one matchups. It's not, it, it's not, it's not basketball. They don't call traveling. They don't, they don't call any fouls. And then the fouls that they do call don't make any sense to me. And I, I, I can't, I can't watch NBA. I, I, I could care less, frankly, whether or not they're even on this list. Welcome to old, old people radio. That's right. Get off my porch. We tell you how things used to be better back when we were young. Now, in fairness, fairness, though, I remember the three of us watching a little basketball between the Jazz and the Bulls. And I remember us having conversations even back then when Michael Jordan was playing about how this is all rigged and everything was in favor of the Bulls. (laughs) Oh, I know. I've I've pushed that out of my memory. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, bringing up repressed memories is healthy. <laughs> so here's but, so so here's a thought. So though, I'm right? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, two other things, then we'll just move on before we get sued by um, Adam Silver. Um, number one, thinking about that though, um, it is weird when um, it's it's it would be very weird to have an NBA game with no fans and it'd be completely quiet and you hear this, the, the shoes squeak all the time. Right. Um, but to your point, Dwayne, if, if each team basically got to like do a coin flip and the home team gets to pick the music that's blasted throughout the stadium, like on the second and fourth quarters and the away team gets the first and third quarters, you know, you could, you could just have the music. Um, and let the players choose whatever it is that they want. And that would actually be a way to, because I, it wouldn't, there's so much noise going on in NBA, see old people. Um, there's so much noise going on that recreating the noise by just having like a playlist. Hell, you know what? You could have a DJ. I, and I'm serious about this, right? The NBA could have a DJ and the DJ could just be just just be playing throughout the game. And then at least you'd have like a background noise and it would feel much more up-tempo. Huh, that's an interesting idea. Don't well, actually so, use a DJ in those three-on-three or the, this new basketball league that they're putting out? I'll say sure. Um, <laughs> in passing, you know, as I flip the panels, I run across it. Um, I, I don't think I get that channel, any of those. But um, yes, no, that would so, make sense, though, right? I mean, it would that actually makes sense and would keep it on brand. So here's the 
here's the sol- the the solution for anybody from the NBA that happens to pick this thing up. All of the teams go to Vegas. They take over one hotel. They all stay together. They play the games on one court and they're all sequestered, right? Because there aren't going to be any fans anyway. They've got one, you, you build a court in one of the convention halls and off they go. You got the cameras, you got everybody sequestered, you got nobody that's going to get sick because they're all together, right? Because that was, you start doing, we talked about this when you and I were at that Big 12 game, you start doing the math because that's what shut down the NBA was one guy tested positive, right? And they didn't know, you got him, you got everybody on his team, and they played nine games in the time that he could have been infected until he was diagnosed. And so then you've got all of those nine teams and all of the teams that had played all those nine teams, and then boom, you're done. That's it. You got nobody that can play, right? And that's why they shut down. But if you put everybody, sequester everybody so that they're all together, nobody's going to get sick because, you know, they're all in the same hotel. They're all playing on the same court. And then to your point, you know, you pick the songs for quarters one and three, the the home team, using air quotes, home team, picks them from two and four and off you go, right? You know, or they could just start playing team basketball again. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh, everybody's social distance on the court, so it's it's all ISO plays. Um, everybody six feet away from each other. We'll implement uh, former Iowa girls six on six rules. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to allow zone? <laughs> everybody's playing zone. Yeah. There's no man to man. Yeah, just it's fine. You're like, yeah, you're fine. Um, as, as part of my research, however, again, because I want credit that I did research, if it's not clear, because uh, this will probably be the only time. Um, here's another here's another attendance quiz for you guys. Uh, based off of this season, how many NBA teams do you think averaged more at home, the home attendance, averaged more than 20,000 people per game? 30 teams in the league? And sure. Let me let me look real quick. Uh yes, thirty. Five. Eight. Eight. Two. Ooh. Really? And they're not the ones you would think. <laughs> and who are they? The seventy okay. the seventy sixers led with thirty one home games. They average twenty thousand six hundred. Number two were the Mavericks with 34 home games. They averaged 20,061. Now, here's, here's where NBA, again, we're not talking, NBA versus MLS. If you go back to last year's MLS attendance, how many teams averaged more than 20,000 for MLS? I don't know, nobody. Okay, Dwayne has zero. Eight. Uh, if we're using prices, right, scoring, uh, Amy wins nine, nine MLS teams drew more than 20,000, including Atlanta FC, which plays in the Mercedes Benz dome averaged 52,510 fans a match. Are you kidding me? 
Wow. The Seattle Sounders that play in CenturyLink Field averaged 40,247 over 17 games. Um, so this is why next to MLS, I wrote, Todd needs to talk here. This is why. I don't know anything about the MLS. Nothing. Yeah. So now, admittedly, you know, MLS is playing 17 home games. Um, basketball, I mean, they didn't even, this isn't even a full season, and they've got, what, 41 home games? Um, so, but it's it's interesting when you start taking a look at, um, now, the lowest attendance in uh, the lowest attendance in MLS last year is lower than anything of the NBA. Um, boy, look at these numbers. I'm now I'm now questioning where I got this from. Uh, <laughs> some of this doesn't look quite. Anyway, uh, according to this, the lowest team was the Chicago Fire. Um, they only averaged twelve thousand fans and. They have a their stadium situation was pretty bad. I, I I'm pretty sure the Chicago Fire played outside of Madison um, last year, although they had changed that next year. I think they're going to be been Soldier Field. Um, so the bottom of of MLS is less, but the top of MLS is significantly more. Um, anyway, kind of interesting about the fan base. I would have I would have lost that bet had you said who averages uh, more than the the twenty thousand. So. Okay, so we've got NBA and MLS, five, six, somewhere in there. Okay, so we've got we got three more slots. Um, all right, so Dwayne, what's what's your next one? Uh, I've got NHL hockey. And that's in which position? That's in that's in slot six. Slot I, six. Slot six. I've got I mean I who's gonna pound on the glass? Who's going to throw stuff on the ice? Get hats, octopus, octopi. Help me out. What? What's? How many? Anyway, um, I think the atmosphere. I I've loved the NHL games that I have gone to, um, and even regular season games. The energy was electric. Now. It was the Red Wings. It was Joe Louis Arena. It was fantastic, um, but it was it was great. I and I, um, the fans made that experience for me. So why do you have it at six and not nine? Because I've got other stuff. <laughs> you see my list. Be boring. Yeah. So I I actually have hockey at number seven. Um, okay. So just one slot ahead for sort of the same reasons of um, I think once you take the crowd out of it, even the, the, the broadcast watching it on TV, I think the broadcast becomes less. Um, I think not hearing the, uh, the, the amazing amount of cheer when, you know, there's the big hit, um, yeah. All of that, I, I think that would come through on the broadcast, and I, I've got to think that that would have to that would have to affect um, that would have to affect the play of the players um, more so than baseball or NBA. Absolutely, yeah. Far and more. I and I also think because of the nature of um, 
because of the nature of hockey, one of the other things that you miss out on is, um, and I don't, I don't really, we don't watch any hockey during the regular season, but I find myself gravitating towards it during the playoffs and, and playoff hockey is, is amazing. Um, uh, this is a whole other podcast we could do. I, I, I would make an argument that if you get a game seven uh, in in the hockey playoffs might be the most um, nerve wracking, um, the most nerve wracking thing that there is in sports. Um, but that's another one. Um, but because action is taking away, like the camera is trying to follow this, but you've got action away from the puck. Mm-hmm. Um You've got the like all of a sudden you're you're watching the puck at this end and then suddenly the whole crowd goes oh and you're like what I miss what I miss <laughs> like, like like oh something happened oh dear <laughs> like like there's something to that that the crowd is paying attention to everything so yeah I, I actually th- I think I think that hockey would really miss out without that crowd so what do you got at seven. Um, no, I, so I had NBA at five, MLS at six and hockey at seven. So I had, I had hockey, uh, to be honest, it, putting the NBA at five was easy. The, the MLS hockey thing, which one goes in that slot and, okay. um, the, at the, over, what it, what it came down to was the overall atmosphere of an MLS match is, is certainly something the, the 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 banging on the glass and the cheering for fights and all of that stuff is it's not consistent throughout a hockey game but i think it feeds more directly into the action than what you have so i put hockey slightly ahead of mls so that's what i had at 7 you if you don't have the fans you don't have the fights and if you're just basically playing hockey in an empty arena you're just a notch above figure skating well, I had figure skating at eight. No, just kidding. <laughs> right there, right next to track and field. Who's going to throw the teddy bears? Uh, the flowers. Yes. <laughs> so I had I had a tie for seven. Um, I had Ryder Cup and postseason baseball. So this is where Dwayne starts splitting hairs. But wow. I, but I, I mean, and now, do you have Ryder Cup day one versus Ryder Cup day four? Are those? Well, it does make a difference if you're a player individual, but well, and my my feeling on these are those are very very like you just referenced with postseason hockey, um, very audience driven events. I mean, golf for me is, I mean, PGA golf is different from a Ryder Cup event. Regular season baseball, far different than postseason baseball for me. I mean, the the crowd really feeds into the atmosphere, affects the play, affects the players. Um, and that's why I put those at at the seven level for me. Much more impacted than where they were up above. I think the baseball is more entertaining when the stakes are higher, but I'm not sure the I'm I'm not sure the fans would make that big a difference. Um, again, just knowing what type of sports fan I am, I do agree with you on the match play golf. 
having been to the women's version of the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup, um, the fact that you can yell when people are golfing, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> We're cheering for the team. We're cheering, you know, and you're cheering for your country. I mean, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah. But, no, I, I still think baseball is where it needs to be. I'm not sure I would have separated out the, the playoffs. So I didn't, I didn't separate out the postseason. I get a little bit about what you're saying, although I will also the, – the reason hmm, – I think all of the recent – let's just call it strategy of the amount of delays, especially in the postseason – where you're taking two and a half minutes between batters to bring in all of your, that I think has diluted some of the fan um, because y- you go away to commercial break and y- you know, an inning, a half an inning takes 45 minutes to get through. Um, you lose some of that passion and aggression versus the closer comes in. It's the bottom of the ninth. It's the closer. The closer's gonna. The, the closer's gonna fire fastballs. And if anybody can hit it, game's over. And if they can't, then the then then the other team wins. And the fans can get on top of that. But so much of that has been taken out of baseball now. Um, but you know, I, I I get what you're saying. There there is there is there is fan influence. But yeah. Okay. All right. We're in the final section now. Um, okay. So I've got, I've got eight and nine. Is that what you have left? This is the only place where I, I, I did split. I split NFL and college football apart as my, uh, as my two. Um, I put NFL at number eight and college football at number nine. Um, so assuming that college football would be the most affected by the lack of fans. Um, I think football without fans, first of all, because they play in stadiums that seat anywhere from 60 to 110,000 people, um, going out into a stadium that looks like that, that is completely empty, that alone makes it, I think, hard to, hard to get even the viewer, like even if you tighten in, like it doesn't, I mean, when you, when you watch foot, when you watch NFL games where they got to put the tarps up, even then it doesn't feel like there's as much at stake. Right. Um, I think there's that. I think, um, I think the, the fans, I, I think the players do, you know, you get all hyped up or whatever. I think the fans help that. Um, I think the reason why I put college football as being more affected, um, college football fans are, are the, are insane. Um, generally speaking, um, the top programs play at significantly larger stadiums than the NFL by 30 or 40,000 at times. And the other reason is, is that your college football players are, um, 18 to 21, 22 year olds. And I think that they, their, um, performance is much more impacted by their reaction to the crowd and so I think um, I think if you take away the crowd from all of them, I think they would have a hard time um, adjusting to having to just focus and sort of do self motivation. So that's why I put those two in that order. Well, you don't have to go any further than looking at the crowds at the XFL games, or what was it that played last year that folded after the four- AF? The oh, the AF, yes, right, and. I was amazed 
by the camera work on half games <laughs> of trying to find a crowd and, you know, manipulating angles to make it look like there were people in the stands. And then occasionally they would screw up and you'd have these big, huge sections where there's nobody. And I mean, nobody in the stadium. It was great. But yeah, I mean, you could tell that that effect, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I I had NFL at eight for me. Um, I think some stadiums, like Seattle or Kansas city would be far more affected than whatever the heck it is. The chargers are currently playing in, right? Oh, they're playing in an MLS stadium. Yes. they. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and not, and, and I'm pretty sure not outdrawing the galaxy anyway. Sorry. No, I don't think they are. I think the galaxy would fill that place <laughs> based on the numbers that you provided earlier. Um, and the chargers clearly were not. Um, uh, and then for nine, for nine, I had basketball, but I think after all of this discussion, I would say, you know, college basketball, How about there is college sports. I, I don't college, disagree with that, but I'm specific. College I'm sp- revenue sports. College. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there isn't any other sport where the fans are as close to the action as basketball. And whether that's high school basketball or college basketball, I mean, you're three feet away. I mean, you have the people that sit in the front row. There, there isn't any place else where they are as close as they are, as as loud as they are right on top of you. I mean, for me, give me a small packed high school gym with a, you know, traditional rival. And that's the best Friday night for me. I love those. They're right, fantastic. Right until they start chanting, ref, you suck. <laughs> ref, you suck. <laughs> I, and that was going to be my point about football. I'm sure there's a few football teams that actually would like to not have to play in front of their own fans because they're tired of the blues. <laughs> see Philly. <laughs> see the Giants. Hello, see the Jets. Jets. <laughs> right. <laughs> Otherwise known as New Jersey A and New Jersey B. <laughs> I think I would have actually put hockey. I would have put football ahead of hockey on your list. Meaning hockey needs the fans more than football. Um, yes, you don't want to see empty stadiums. I, I get that. But I think in terms of performance and players, I d- don't know. I, I think hockey needs the fans more than than football. Um, I would agree that co- basketball, college basketball, not NBA basketball, college basketball would be nine. Um you know, having gone to the NCAA tournament and attended the first game on the first day of the, you know, where their fans haven't filtered all in yet, you can tell. I mean, the teams were just flat, you know. But then as the about second half, the stadium was, was filling up, you know, people were getting into it and the play improved. And then by the end of the night, I mean, the place was rocking and, you know. So, it, yeah, I think definitely college basketball. Again, I keep college basketball and NBA are two completely different animals. 
me. So, and again, again with football, I have a rule. I don't boo college kids. They're not paid. This isn't their job. Well, it is their job, but they don't get paid. But you know, we we boo we boo the professionals because that is their job. That's what they get paid to do. And I'm sure there's, like I said, a few football teams that wouldn't mind not having their fans there if all they're going to do is boo them. <laughs> and trust me, the boo birds come out earlier and earlier in Chicago these days. So. Well, there you go. Look, we managed to put together. Uh, well, we didn't solve anything. Um, we did manage to put together some lists. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we need to give a trophy out to somebody. But uh, congratulations, you need fans, or you don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I think we need to give a trophy to Amy for sticking through the entire thing. Yeah, and I'm going to wonder what we're going to do for dinner. My my thought was this. She went into this going, I'm only going to stick around for 15 minutes. And then she started hearing. She's like, well, that's just completely wrong. I'm going to have to stick around for another five. Well, that's just that's just stupid. Well, that's another five. I figured as soon as she felt like we were in a good place, she would leave. And she stuck with us throughout the entire thing. Never did. Yep. Never, I, never yep. left. Because at no point did she think that we could handle this on our own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you, you also have to understand the times we're living in. I mean, I am watching, you know, Super Bowls from the 1980s on YouTube. I am watching um, uh, NBA basketball from the 90s on my local NBC Sports channel. Um, I am watching, God love them, um, the the Marquee Network, which, you know, uh, debuted out on Hulu the day they canceled base training and delayed so I've been watching the you know World Series run the Cubs um, so yeah I'm missing my sports so yeah if this you know fills the need more power to you oh all right so on that, that should, we, should we call it a night I think we I think we should call it a night we um, we did not take an ad break so we'll figure out where to put that in at some point we'll we'll catch that in post yeah. is that right is that is that is that the is that the term Catch that yeah. in post. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll fix it in post. So for another edition of Talking to Todd, I'm Dwayne Johnson. Thanks to Todd Prins. Thanks to to Amy Johnson for joining us tonight. Our theme was composed by Kevin McLeod. It's called Matt's Blues. It's a Creative Commons license, and we appreciate that. We hope you'll join us next week for all of us here at Talking to Todd. Have a good week. <laughs>